You're listening to In Conversation, the podcast from Creative Coverage, with me, Tim Saunders. Today, I'm with the artist Sylvia Pastor, who has been painting for over 40 years. What has been the most important thing you have learnt in that time, Sylvia? Well, the most valuable teaching that painting has given me has been to push me to search, to find and to nurture the best qualities I have in myself. Painting is like a mirror to me and each new picture is a reflection of new discoveries, not only about art, but also about human nature. To me, painting is the most effective tool I have to awaken and increase the awareness of myself and also the world around me. This is an ongoing journey. So each time I sit or stand in front of an easel, the learning continues. So it goes on. It's never finished, really. It's a work in progress. It is, yes. You're right. There are still many, many pictures there that are waiting to be painted. Are you itching to produce a particular one at the moment? Well, at the moment, I'm still finishing two uh, pictures, which still has a subject. They have uh, people dancing and uh, playing and uh, juggling on a square that looks like a stage. And I have two more pictures that I want to produce before I stop with this. Uh, And they are produced in pastels, not in watercolors, as I did the previous ones. And also, I have discovered in the wood near to us a beautiful little oak tree, which now it's completely bare. And it really, it is inviting me to draw it and to paint it so i will follow it through the seasons with different weather conditions different lights and this is one of my next projects can we just talk about the juggling what interests you particularly about that i did quite a series of it and it was inspired by a recurrent sentence that comes up in shakespeare work For instance, in As You Like It, he says uh, that all the world is a stage and men and women are just merely players. This concept comes back in uh, Macbeth, where there is this famous sentence that life is a walking shadow, a poor player that struts on the stage and makes lots of noise. And then as soon as men leave the stage, everything is forgotten. It is just a story told by an idiot and which has no meaning. And again, it comes back in King Lear, where he says, uh, what is this stage of fools? So this, I find it's a very profound concept because uh, it really applies to our lives in general. Because through life, we wear different costumes and we play different parts. You know, we are the child then the student, then the father, the mother, the lawyer, the painter. And these are, in fact, different uh, parts that we play. And uh, to me, the message is that we are not those parts. 
and those parts are merely tools to get in touch with uh, an essence of being which goes beyond those costumes and those parts that we that we play this applies to me for instance for my with my painting i do feel that i don't just paint for painting i paint also as a way to find out more about life and uh, about myself and what i'm doing here it sounds like a journey of discovery it is and i feel that all our lives are journeys of discoveries otherwise uh, what would be the point of uh, well going through life if we don't learn anything about it and learn something positive am i right in thinking that you're italian Yes, I am Italian and unfortunately my pronunciation is still here. It hasn't vanished. Oh, it's a lovely accent. <laughs> I have spent most of my life here in the UK. I came here at the age of uh, 24 after I had uh, uh, finished with university in Italy and I had uh, a degree in education and since then I had really been a very dutiful daughter. and i had always followed the advice and the guidance of my family i came here at the age of 24 and uh, for the first time i felt uh, free free to choose and uh, i decided that i wanted to paint if i had stayed in italy possibly i would have never come to that choice because i feel that uh, italian society it's very centered in the expectations that families have about their children and somehow there is less freedom to choose this was a major thing that i noticed you know when i came here and i was completely on my own with nobody watching over my shoulder and uh, of course when you are in that situation you are a nobody but this being a nobody with nobody behind you uh, protecting you helping you loving you also gives you freedom to be what uh, you desire to be or to discover what you want to be because first of all you have to discover what you want to be and when you grow in a environment that is quite pressurized sometimes it's not even possible to discover what you really desire or want to be what is your disposition to become was it an amicable move on your part my father in fact gave me the money as a present to travel after i graduated we always had a very good uh, relationship of course they were expecting me back to italy to find a teaching job and at that time i decided i started to go to the city literary institute to enroll for english classes and there i discovered that they also had painting classes and drawing classes oh and i was so excited and so i enrolled and then somebody told me oh there is another institute in old gate the john cass institute 
and there they have really good classes. So I enrolled for more painting classes. When my money was running out, instead of going back to Italy, I went to the ILEA and uh, applied to become a teacher in adult education institutes. So I became independent financially and I felt that I could choose what I wanted to do. I think my parents were hoping through all their life that I would uh, become tired of uh, being in the UK and that I would eventually go back. But uh, this hasn't happened. I went back for holidays a lot. I have stayed here. Whereabouts in Italy did you live? Well, I was born in Venice and uh, my father was a GP a few miles away from Venice. And every summer I spent time in Venice with my grandmother. And my grandmother used to take me out and I saw, she took me, she had some favorite churches where she, she would take me and she would sit there and pray. And I would look around and in Italy, Every church, especially in Venice, has some incredibly precious paintings by Carpaccio, Palma il Vecchio, Palma il Giovani, Giorgione, Tintoretto, Tiziano, incredibly precious paintings. And so while my grandmother was praying, I was looking around the church and uh, I was um, always, since very early age, quite taken by those pictures, telling stories. And also walking in Venice, it's like walking on a stage, walking in a painting. Oh, it's magnificent, isn't it? I have actually visited there. I love it. I expect when you've grown up there, you take it for granted, Um, like where I, I grew up. But it's, you know, quite an incredible journey you've had to uh, suddenly decide, right, that's enough. I need to go elsewhere. A very bold move on your part. It was quite bold because I was quite a shy person and I had always followed my family advice. But I think there was within me something that I had to do. In the end, I feel that all our life is written in the stars. There are things or experiences that we have to go through and life takes you there, even if you are not planning for it. Um, There is somebody said, I don't know who, that life happens when you make your plans to do things. Then life happens to you. And I I feel that there is truth in it. <laughs> Have you ever felt homesick? I do, I do. And every time we go back, I always think, oh, we must come back here and live here. I always think that. But I also know some aspects of Venice that tourists don't know. For instance, the climate is terrible. In the summer, it's muggy and hot. In the winter, it's so humid. There's an awful lot of flooding about, isn't there, lately? Now, unfortunately, there is some flooding as well. In Venice, my grandparents' house was on the first floor. People live on the first floor because there is dampness coming up all the time from the soil. And there is fog in winter, it's very foggy as well, which is beautiful, beautiful to see. But it is not a healthy climate. 
to be in. So your dad must have been very busy as a GP. He was very, very busy and uh, he had a very busy life. And uh, I had a very good childhood. I was very much loved and uh, my parents were very, very good, very nice. So I have nothing to complain about my childhood. It was a good, happy, fortunate childhood. But uh, obviously my path was uh, in a different direction. And I'm happy I took a different path. Now you live in another beautiful part of the world, Herefordshire. How did you arrive there? We lived in London and then we lived in Oxford. And after our children left, uh, my husband thought, uh, well, why don't we move somewhere quieter where the air is clean? Oxford, both Oxford and London are very polluted, very busy. And so we could move out somewhere quiet. And uh, somebody suggested, why don't you go north because i wanted to go to devon i wanted to be near to the sea because the sea is uh, very important to me so we explored devon and we explored cornwall and then one we went right up we drove right up to shropshire and drawing coming down south back to oxford we noticed that here in herefordshire the countryside is magnificent and we bought a farm in a tiny village called Puddleston between Ludlow and Hereford and it's beautiful and we are very very happy here and in this area I started to paint a lot more landscape because uh, nature is so overwhelming and really calls me to be in nature and to paint it and uh, love it. So here I have started to do much more landscape painting. What has been your greatest painting achievement, would you say? I had many exhibitions. I belong to a couple of societies. I sold many paintings, but I don't really consider them my greatest achievement. My greatest achievement is that I have stuck faithfully to my painting and I have been striving all the time to improve, to find out more, to learn, to improve my technique and to paint better pictures. So my greatest achievement hasn't uh, arrived yet. <laughs> it's in the future. It's in the future. And maybe it will never happen. My main achievement is that I stuck to it because I have seen many people giving up painting because of the insecurity which is connected with it, that brings with it. But I, I stuck to it. And uh, even if I have been rejected many times by galleries or by in competitions, I stuck to it. And uh, I tried always to find out why they didn't accept me. Of, of course, there is something missing, something that I can change, something that I can improve or make stronger. So the path never ends. It must be difficult to be rejected. How do you deal with that? Well, at the beginning, I always felt very sad. I started to doubt my talent 
or my capacity and it could be depressing. My only medicine to overcome that was to go back into my studio and paint more. So painting is a struggle, but it's also a refuge, a refuge to, at times, the pain of life. So it works in two ways. Are you in the studio from a set time every day? Yes, I am quite disciplined. And so I am in my studio every morning for at least one hour, one hour and a half, two if I'm lucky. And then I spend a few four or five hours in my studio in the afternoon. I usually start my paintings with a drawing, very detailed drawing, where with pencil, where I try to work out the composition, the darks and the lights, some lines, the format, square or rectangular, and the size of the picture. And I try to work out a foundation for the picture that I have in mind. And I usually know when the drawing is strong, I know that I have good chances to produce a strong pictures. The style, I think, for me personally, comes from the painters that I loved and I still love because in their work, obviously, I recognized features of personality that I have. So this is the reason I was inspired by their work. As I told you earlier on, when I was little, I used to love the work of Carpaccio. And in uh, Venice, they have many of his paintings, both in the Academia and also there is a small uh, Scuola di San Giorgio degli Schiavoni, further out a bit, where you see all his paintings. And his paintings fascinated me. I also loved the work of Pisanello and um, some of the Renaissance painters like uh, uh, Piero della Francesca, Paolo Uccello. I used to love Pisanello and I used to have his reproductions of his drawings and paintings on my wardrobe in my bedroom. And uh, their style has influenced me and their style is quite neat, quite uh, clean. The colours are kept clean and uh, the edges are sort of, some are delicate, of course, some are stronger but again are defined and and also there is harmony, there is balance and those are qualities that are very dear to me. When I came to England, I fell in love with Samuel Palmer and William Blake and the circle of friends that was around William Blake, like Edward Calvert, but mainly Samuel Palmer. And again, his dreamy landscapes and subjects really had an influence on me and on my painting. So the style really comes from the painters that you fall in love with. I also loved, well, I will love him forever, and um, the work of uh, Giorgio Morandi. He lived in Bologna. He, he was teaching and uh, he produces some amazing still lives, pots and uh, bottles. He manages to create a, to me, 
an amazing balance of tones, shapes, and colors. He mainly uses earth colors. And um, he manages to create a, to me, otherworldly harmony in his paintings. And also he influenced me very deeply because to me, one of the things that I want to achieve in my paintings is harmony, peace. And so he also helped me in that. He had a few shelves in his bedroom and he would uh, put his objects on those shelves and paint them. And uh, you can visit his bedroom in Bologna. His bedroom was like a monk cell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I suppose that helped him to concentrate on his passion. Yes, and for this he produced this. To me, it's a harmony that is, belongs to a different world somehow. Do you work from photographs? Yes, I do. When I find now, when I find a landscape that I like, I take lots of photographs from different positions, higher and lower, and different corners, changing the, the, the level of the horizon, putting more sky or more ground. And then looking at all those photographs, I can quickly find the best point where I can sit or stand. And so somehow it makes my work of composing the picture uh, very easy because uh, I just get the right place where I can stand for the most powerful composition. So I find that very, very helpful. I find that also that the best camera is our eye. Our eye can really see all the subtlest lines, changes of tones, changes of passages of color. And the camera doesn't have that at all. It's a very rudimentary instrument compared to the eye. With that in mind, do you ever paint on plein air? Yes, I do. I do. Uh, here, I have the wonderful views very near our house. So it's just, uh, uh, it's just a short walk from the house or a short uh, trip by car, two minutes, and I can take my equipment and work on the picture on site. And that helps me to also catch the essence of the place, the spirit of the place. Last summer, I spent many weeks painting a small medlar tree that grows just outside my studio and that we planted 12 years ago. So it's a small tree, so I can sit quite near, only a few meters away from it. And so I could really see the shape of the branches, the shape of the leaves. And also I had a timetable. So I would do four different pictures a day. Early morning, late morning, early afternoon and late afternoon. And I had the sun circling around the tree and the shadow changing and rotating around the tree. So I could get the most beautiful shadows and also I had it there in front of me and uh, that is very special and I find that small trees are friendlier creatures and I can um, associate with them more easily 
with large trees, of course, you have to stand away from them and you can only get the large shapes. So it's a different experience completely. Here we have some very ancient oak trees, which are very beautiful, both in the winter, spring, summer, autumn. Just such a privilege to be able to see them all the time, changing. I'm sure it helps you forget about what is going on in the world. Yes, that too. And I also feel that concentrating on beauty, on harmony, maybe, I hope, maybe has an impact. All we can do really is to work on ourselves and to create harmony, beauty and peace around ourselves, our home, our land, our family. This is really all the power we have. We can't change what goes on in China or in London, but we can change what is within us and just around us, nearby. When uh, I was at college, at the Central School, we were always invited to work quickly, spontaneously and uh, with immediacy. And that again didn't work very well with me because uh, my personality is different. And I believe that working quickly and with immediacy can come only when we own the technique. For instance, today everybody loves absolutely the sketches that Turner produced while he was traveling through Europe. And they are spectacular. But that immediacy we can't achieve, I find, if we can't paint properly, we can't draw, we can't see deeply into the nature of reality. And to see deeply into the nature of reality, we have to educate ourselves. It's about educating our eye and our heart to go deeper, to see deeper into reality. So this is what, through painting, I am working also at myself and the two things coexist together. Very interesting, Sylvia. A journey of self-improvement. It is, yes, it is, definitely. Ho lasciato l'Italia più di 40 anni fa, ma la amo ancora moltissimo. So what I said is that I left Italy over 40 years ago but I still love it and it is uh, ingrained in my heart. In fact, uh, uh, in the pictures of uh, imagination about the jugglers, the background is really about Venice. It's about really the buildings in Venice, which are unique because there is the influence of the East and also the influence of the West meeting together and producing this unique city in the world that I really love very much. Grazie, grazie per avermi ascoltato and, uh, e tanti auguri e spero che ci incontreremo di persona. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you, Sylvia, and thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for listening to me. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. <laughs>